I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's your Yahoo Sports Canada daily podcast for Thursday, November 7th. But first, sports. Good morning, Canada. Happy Thursday. The Toronto Raptors handled their business last night at home against the Sacramento Kings. William Liu is going to join me just a moment here to discuss the Raptors' 124-120 win over the visiting Kings. The Raptors ended the first quarter in this one up 13, and they've just sort of hovered between not totally pulling away and not really ever being in danger of losing this lead for the rest of the way. The Kings did manage to pull it within four down the stretch there with some, you know, how the end of an NBA game can be. They pulled it within four, but it doesn't really depict how close it ever really felt in this one. Will, how did the Raptors put this game together to have been so clearly the better team against the Kings the whole way? Well, honestly, I think they just played team basketball, which is the way they won this game. I mean, they had 28 assists as a team. Four or more players uh, had five or more assists in this game, which really goes to show sort of uh, the team effort that they sort of um, played against the Kings. But they really just outplayed the Kings the whole game. The Kings made 23s, which is why it was close until the end. But uh, as you mentioned, the Raptors really weren't in any serious threat to uh, lose the game because they were just executing offensively from start to finish. Kyle Lowry led all scorers for the Raptors in this one with 24. That continues a very hot offensive start for him. He's averaging 24 points a game. He was 5 of 7 for 3 in this one. Pascal Siakam added 23 points, 8 of 13 from the field, didn't hit a 3, he was 0 for 3 from 3, but he got to the line 8 times, he added 13 boards, and most importantly, Nick Nurse, only one personal foul for Pascal Siakam in this one. Every starter, except Marc Gasol, had at least 5 assists in this game. It was a good game for the bigs, though, uh, overall. Gasol, 12 points, scored on some post-ups, he looked as good as he has offensively all year, and Serge, a thunderous dunk late in this one, he added a big 21 off the bench, so a good one for the center rotation. Also chipping in in this game, OG Ananobi. He had a, a season-high 18, and it feels like every single Raptors game this year, OG is a talking point because he just keeps reaching these new heights for him and showing us new things. And there's sort of two conversations to be had here about OG. One of them is the obvious jump in offensive numbers. He had a season-high 18. As I said, he did it on 70% shooting. All of his offensive numbers are up this year in line with the increase in minutes he's seeing. He's shooting more. He's making more from the inside and the outside. And I want to get to that in a second. But first, the impact he makes on defense. We got to see flashes of it in his first two years in the league. But now that he's really established as a player with a role on this team and playing bigger minutes, Will, what do you think the level he's playing at is right now on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, it's, it's stellar. Uh, I think um, one play that really stood out to me was at the very end, after he missed those two free throws, uh, the Kings sort of hoisted up a shot, and OG went up with three guys 
and won the defensive rebound. And I feel like he really has put a bigger emphasis on rebounding, which was a bigger issue for the Raptors to start the season. Um, I think the last week or so, they've been a lot better in terms of controlling the offensive glass. But OG's really made an effort there. And also, I think the progress that he's made this year, you know, he's always been a really good on-ball defender. But uh, as a team defender this year, he's really shown great instincts in terms of, uh, you know, deciding when to come over and help. Uh, You know, you're looking at, a career high right now in steals and also in blocks. Tonight he had three blocks. Uh, and, and, yeah, I think OG's just really a lot more engaged. He's really focused. His confidence is excellent. And then you're probably going to ask me about offense. But, I mean, today, 18 points on 7 of 10 shooting, 3 of 4 from deep, very confident in letting the three-point shot go. And also he's making great cuts and great decisions as well. Um, you know, you look at the five assists today. That's a career high for him. And that's on, it's a modest number. But if you think about it, OG's not a guy that has the ball in his hands a lot. So for him to make five assists, that just reflects sort of the decision-making he's uh, showing on the floor. So uh, OG is developing. He's taking strides. And it's almost not necessarily like Pascal because he's not the same type of player as Pascal. But it was sort of like Pascal last year where every single night he shows you something new and you're like, wow, look at this. He's sort of expanding his feeling. He's expanding his feeling. And it's gone to the point where, you know what, maybe let's just for this year at least not put a ceiling on OG. Let's just see what he can give you um, because it seems like every single night he's bringing something new. So very exciting to watch OG right now. There was some injury news on Wednesday as well around the team. Patrick McCaw underwent arthroscopic surgery on his knee. He will be out for an undetermined amount of time. He's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. So that's the first week of December that will even know his status and when he might return. Uh, he only played two games this season with that knee issue. Uh, and based on where he's supposed to fit into the rotation, based on those two games, there's about 20 or so minutes up for grabs there. And behind him at guard, there really isn't anybody that has played at the NBA level for an extended period of time and that we can say for sure will be there every night in that role. Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas, they're good pieces. They bring intriguing stuff. But we're talking about a rookie and a guy who was playing overseas previously. And, and that's just talking about the depth guys, that's not even addressing the workload that the starting guards are under. Fred Van Vliet, now in the starting lineup, his role uh, increased. He's averaging a career high, just under 38 minutes. Kyle Lowry, uh, is Kyle Lowry playing too much? Is a conversation that has been going on for as long as Kyle Lowry has been in Toronto. That's always a conversation. He's averaging just under 39 minutes, and he played 40 again against the Kings last night. There seems to be a need in the short term for someone to alleviate McCaw's minutes, and also in the long term to give the starters some reliable relief and maybe fill that in a more concrete way. Do you believe the solution to both of those questions in the guard rotation can be solved with guys they already have in place on the roster? Well, I think there's kind of two ways to go for it. I think to directly replace McCaw, I think one of Terrence Davis or Matt Thomas has to step up. Terrence Davis today... um, had five fouls in seven minutes and very much looked like a rookie. And so he didn't really get the job done. Luckily, Matt Thomas came off the bench and he hit two threes. The, the crowd is actually going crazy for Matt Thomas. You would think that it was 20,000 Alex Longs in here. Um, so at least Matt Thomas stepped up and gave them 11 minutes. So that's really how you would directly replace McCaw. But I think the bigger issue is the Raptors have a three-guard rotation of Kyle, Fred, and it's supposed to be Norman Powell. Now, Kyle and Fred are playing great, but Norman Powell has just consistently this season, outside of that 19-point performance against uh, Detroit, he's been really bad. 
And so because Norman's been so bad, he hasn't really been able to sort of take the weight off Kyle and Fred. And all of a sudden, you, you get Kyle and Fred being number one and two in the league right now in minutes played. So uh, really, the solution is for Norm to finally wake up and actually contribute to the rotation. Because right now, Norman has been a negative. The Raptors are now five and two out of the gate this season. That's seven games over 15 days to start the year. The Raptors are undefeated at home still. They're 4-0 at Scotiabank Arena, and they now embark on a much, much, much tougher part of the schedule. The first big road trip of the year is here. They start Friday against the New Orleans Pelicans. Then on Sunday, they play the Lakers, who are currently 6-1. and one. The very next night, on Monday, in the very same building against the Clippers, which is probably the biggest road game of the year, if not, you know, just to the first little bit. It's definitely a huge road game for them. Then they have the Blazers on Wednesday, always difficult in Portland. And the Mavericks, who are off to a good start as well, they play them on Saturday in Dallas. Aside from maybe the Pelicans at the top there, they're 1-6, haven't really figured it out quite yet. Not a single easy game in sight on that trip. So it should be a very big test for this team. What are you looking for to emerge during this trip as they go through a series of very difficult tests? Well, I mean, I, I want to see, first off, the same mentality the Raptors played with last year on the road. Now, granted, actually, Kawhi didn't actually play in a lot of those road games, but they got some very impressive wins, uh, most notably over the Clippers without Kawhi and over the Golden State Warriors without Kawhi. So um, the Raptors last year, they were a very composed road team, and they were able to sort of, uh, you know, keep their level even when they weren't at home. So I want to see that. I also want to see the Raptors actually get a signature win this year. Uh, it's early in the season, so it's not too big of a concern, but the two toughest teams they come up against, those being Boston and Milwaukee, they've lost both of those. Now, granted, both of those were on the road, but still, I'd like to see the Raptors come away with, you know, maybe sneak a victory off the Lakers, who are playing very well right now. Or, you know, the dream scenario is you beat the Clippers. Uh, but, you know, even a, being even beating the, goal, uh, the Trailblazers on the road, that would be a pretty nice win. The Blazers are not a bad team at all. Or the Mavericks, who are also a pretty good team. So, I think realistically, if the Raptors can get out of this road trip 2-3, and three, I think they'll be pretty happy. But 3-2, and two, I think, would be the goal to aim for. It's a very tough road trip. It's very jammed. It's very compact. They're going to a lot of places and they're playing some tough opponents. But, uh, you know, uh, this is also a useful time. You want to see what, uh, how good the Raptors are. That trip starts, as I said, for the Raptors on Friday in New Orleans against the Pelicans. A couple other NBA things here. Eight other games in the NBA last night. The Grizzlies beat the T-Wolves, and the Canadian content was strong in this one. The leading scorer for both teams, Canadian. Andrew Wiggins had 30. Dylan Brooks had 31 for the Grizzlies. Uh, Brandon Clark, also Canadian, he went 7-for-7 seven seven in this one. He had 18 points for Memphis. The Bucks uh, also played last night. They had their chance to get revenge on Kawhi now that he plays for the Clippers. Uh, but Kawhi did not dress for the Clippers last night. He sat courtside with Paul George and laughed. For most of the evening. Uh, and we, you know, what, what came with that was we got a taste of the American media for the first time sort of going through this Kawhi load management thing because an ESPN game and a very high profile game against the Bucks. Uh, it was fun to see the U.S. sort of Americans go through the, the Kawhi load management conversation uh, on a big scale like we did over and over again uh, last year year uh there was even an inquiry about this uh from the nba but ultimately they ruled the clippers uh no rule breaking with the way that Kawhi was sat they're saying he's not healthy enough to play in this game and uh no harm no foul 
Uh, sticking with the Clippers for a second, Paul George getting closer to making his debut. He is slated to go through his first full contact practice this weekend. Surgeries on both of his shoulders in the offseason, if you remember. Uh, apparently, he is close to being close. We shall see. And we shall see what today brings us to talk about. I will be right here on But First Sports tomorrow morning to do so. Whatever it is, the Maple Leafs host the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. 11 games in the NHL schedule, four in the NBA. Thursday night football, the Wolfpack. The Toronto Wolfpack teased something with a date today, as did the PWHPA. No matter what happens with all those things and anything else, I hope you'll join me tomorrow to talk about it right here. Until then, have a great Thursday. Thursday.